What is happening, everyone? Welcome to episode 89 of your favorite podcast, the Gordai Podcast. I'm your host, Justin Mahaley, alongside my co-host, Scott Simmons. Today, we have some very exciting things to talk to you about. The drop of Riot Roasters is coming on Monday. Set your calendar. Monday, it's coming inside. We're going to talk about what Riot Roasters is, how it came about, all that fun stuff. Then, we're going to have a deep dive on advanced training. I'm going to talk to you guys about how long you should be on a train split, putting a train split together, and how why stability in your exercises is so important. I'm going to take a deep dive on all these things. Take your notes because there's a lot of information inside here that I really think can benefit you. But dude, if you want a fantastic laugh, stay tuned for the end of this podcast. We're going to tell two stories that might have you really fucking enjoying yourself. So episode 89, I hope you are having a fantastic day this far. I hope it only gets better for you. As always, brought to you by Revive Supplements. Use code Mahaley15 at checkout. Brought to you by Raw Supplements. Use code Mahaley at checkout. I will see you inside. All right, you guys, I want you to go into your calendar and set a reminder for Monday, this upcoming Monday. What's the date on that? Tell me fucking now. 28th. 28th. Monday the 28th, Riot drops. That is Scott's Coffee Company. Riot is officially going to launch. And let me say, this shit's really, really fucking good. Um, so I'm not like a big coffee guy. And um, I, I, I just, I drink it just straight black. Um, and honestly, it all tastes the exact same to me other than like Panera and Starbucks. I think like when I have Panera and Starbucks, it's so much better than everywhere else. Truly. It's like nostalgic and for you though. At it, that point, it, it, it also is. Cause like I worked at Panera for a while yeah. and I know like the work that goes into the coffee bean. I've kind of talked to Scott about it a little mm-hmm. bit. Um, and you know, Panera and Starbucks, um, at least when I worked there, got their uh, coffee bean from the exact same places. Um, it's it's actually there's islands that the two companies essentially own the rights to all of the coffee bean that's produced in that island, and so it's you know, like a I private farm. Really cool, yeah, yeah, it kind of is, yeah. And, you know, I think it's really cool. Um, apparently, you know, they they treat the people there very well. They're well compensated, but nobody else can get this coffee being only those two places. Right. So like I like knowing that kind of sways my opinion on it. Sure. Um, like I'm not someone who like wakes up and starts feeding for coffee. Like <laughs> I, I never, ever, ever think about it. Yeah. Um, so, you know, Scott told me he's like going to do this coffee. And I was like, dude, that's like fucking dope. Like I'm not really a big coffee guy. I don't enjoy it very much. Uh, but obviously, like whatever you're doing with support. And so he starts getting into it. And one day he brought over, um, you know, some of his coffee and we, you know, brewed it, whatever, uh, tried it out. And I was really excited to, you know, be the person that I always want mm-hmm. and to be an extreme critic of it. Mm-hmm. And like, honestly, like I don't know fucking coffee at all. Like I don't even fucking know what the flavor of the goddamn thing was, <laughs> but I thought it was really good. Yeah. I did. I, I, I thought it was, I, I enjoyed the process of drinking it. And again, you know, I might fucking be biased just cause it's like yours and like, well, sure. I want to like this. Sure. I want to support this. Um, but I don't know you guys, you, you guys grab some, try it out. Um, like I said, I'm not much of a coffee guy, but man, this shit's way fucking better than Folgers. I do know that. <laughs> I do know that. I can say without I, a doubt, it's better than Folgers. I tried three different roasters, yeah. so I can't roast myself because I don't have the funds to yeah. basically. Yeah. Um, and so I tried three different people, uh, three different companies. And the last company, the one I chose, I had to make sure it was good black. Yeah. That was like my key. Like, you, cause you can fill it with any kind of shit of course. and you can make it good. Of you can course. make bad coffee good with some shit. Yeah. That makes sense. like you could, at that point you're drinking cream, that French vanilla right? cream stuff. Yeah. That stuff's solid. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> I can drink that. Drink it out of it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So if you just, you put a little shot of coffee and then fill the whole fucking yeah. cup of that. Yeah. Then, you know, it's not really coffee. Absolutely. So for me, it was, we had to get that that right of black course. coffee was good had to be smell texture then the black yeah so that was good i remember me. you going through um i remember you going through all the roasters yep um like you know trying them out one by one so what about what about like, like when you tried this coffee so you got the coffee being sent to you you gra- ground it mm-hmm. up and then like made it and so like what like right away with the firm the first sip was this like different was this like the winner? yeah 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 so i tried this is the, what, the two ways i did it because i was researching the best ways to try to understand coffee too yeah and so i would eat the bean first yeah that makes sense and you just chew on it yeah and so when you chew how's on that, it how's that taste it's okay it tastes like coffee you ever had those chocolate coffee beans yeah like chocolate covered ones just to take, oh, take out the chocolate I, yeah i totally forgot that i've actually <laughs> literally had those before <laughs> um that so it tastes, it tastes like that yeah but it's a little uh, it feels a little more earthy. Okay. It's not covered in sugar. Absolutely. Um, yeah. so I did that first and that I guess is the best way to understand like 
the notes and understand kind of how the roast process went because a coffee bean comes green. Okay. It's like a, it's from the plant. Of course. And they have to roast it, which turns it brown. Of course. So when you, so I roasted it. Yeah. And then I put out, I think it was like nine cups of coffee back to back to back. Yeah. It was like wine tasting. Yeah. And you could tell some felt, I don't know how to, this sounds, but some felt thin. Okay. Almost yeah. like diluted with water. Yeah. That makes sense. And some felt too, like it was bitter, but it was like burnt. Okay. So you could tell that. And so then when the I got roasters just roasted it a little too much, the, the way, yeah, the way they're roasting yeah. is just different. Okay. And most of the time, you know, the coffee comes from similar places, of course. depending on where you're getting it. Most roasters who do what, I, what they're trying to do for me, yeah, get it from similar places, but the way they roast and their process is different. So some people yeah. will like air roast. Some people will, um, Summer Moon, they, uh, uh wood oak fire, fire, wood fire. Yeah. They yeah, do wood, wood fire. fire. Yeah. And so it's just a different process. The wood fire is cool because it's slow. Yeah. And that, I mean, we've learned now wood fire cooking at all is Absolutely. amazing. Yeah. So you went through that. And then when I got to my guys now, it's just, it was smooth. It was clean. And you could tell the light versus the dark and how okay. much stronger one was than the other. Okay. The darker is stronger, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. That's yeah. very interesting. And so how many, you have what, four or five types that you're launching four. in the first, the four types. Four. Yeah. Yeah. No flavors, just roast, light, medium, medium, dark, and dark. So the process that, that we go through to make it is, you know, we'll get the bag in. We grind it up and then you put it in your coffee. Let's talk about how you guys grind it up. Well, I didn't, I did not, I did not partake in that. Whatever yeah. the fuckery was going on out there. That was not me. I believe that was Haley from what I understand. And Megan told me it was her. Oh, was it Megan? Who knows? Oh fuck. Try to throw Haley in. They put that here. shit in a blender. No. Yes. Stop, that's that's Megan's like, it's put in a blender. It sounds like, it sounds like something Megan would do. I mean, did it, it worked. Work? Did it? I, fuck. I saw that. It looked all right. Oh fuck. Well but, shit. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's way fucking better than Folgers. I do know that. So, uh, set a reminder for Monday and it I, drops. I do have one thing to say. Yeah. I'm a little pissed. I didn't think about this. What? Tuesday, the yeah. following day. Yeah. Is national coffee day. Shut the fuck up. Shut the fuck <laughs> I up. I told Savannah, I was like, I that's might just, hilarious. I might just put it on pause for one yeah. day. Yeah. Yeah. Put it on pause for one day. Dude, that's hilarious. <laughs> no, I'm not going to do that. We're going to celebrate early. I'll it's do like a, I'll do a little like uh discount day. Yeah. 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 That makes sense. So that's dope. I, I I'm really excited for that to drop. It's going to be super cool for you guys to be able to get a product that comes mm -hmm. from, uh, you know, Scott from, from the pod. Um, so yeah, really cool, really good chance to uh, support him. It's, it's, it's going to be exciting and, we're going to, you know, within a year, we're going to have fucking coffee houses around Austin. It's trying to compete with summer moon. Right. It's yeah. one of these things that we always talk about on the pod here. Yeah. It's, you know, we try different ideas and we yeah. all kind of share in the growth of it. Yeah. We so. just kind of keep chipping away. We figure like, something out where the fuck we can. Yep. I would say, I would say first coffee shop comes by, uh, comes by March. I would say that we'll do March. Right. Yeah. Coffee shop's easy to get done though. That's fair. You know, it's just like a little box with like a cute ambiance and, and you know some good workers. Yeah, but we have to get a good work one. Hard. We have to the the vision man, I have for it. Man, man, the fucking the real estate market here right now is fantastic. Yeah, I know. <laughs> no one can afford anything, know, and everyone's dude. getting booted. Yeah, <laughs> I know we shouldn't yeah. laugh about, but it's 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 benefiting us. It's okay? a it's a fact it's, of the yeah economy. It's, it's the current situation. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so that's really exciting. To be on the lookout for that today. Cool. Um, yet again, we are going to have a kind of a deep dive on advanced training. I want to talk to you guys about advanced level training. Most of you who tune into the podcast fall into this group, but even if you don't, there's a lot that you can take from this and a lot that you can pull from this. Cause you know, I, I, I really feel like, um, people just kind of get lost. People get lost, um, in, in the, the, the sauce of what training is supposed to be or what it entails. And I think there's just a lot of confusion that kind of dilutes, uh, the good information. And, um, you know, it's, 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 it's tough to know who to trust and where to go. So, I want to dive into this. The first item I want to talk about is how long should I be on a training split? And I want to break this down a few different ways because number one, a lot longer than you think you need to be on that training split. I'm just going to be quite frank. The people who are the best in the world aren't just changing up their fucking exercises. They're constantly improving within the movement patterns and within the contraction patterns that you, that, that they have within their training split. OK, there's kind of room for unlimited growth within um, a lot of movements and a lot of splits. Unlimited uh, might not be the best word for it. unlimited to your genetic potential. Right. Uh, we could probably have, uh, you know, about 15 exercises that is the only 15 that you ever do for the rest of your life and you'll reach your genetic potential. 
Okay. Um, we're going to be able to overload on them in, in various ways. And we're going to be able to utilize them as tools, which is all an exercise is in various ways. And I want you guys to view every exercise as that. It should be viewed as a tool in a toolbox, right? So if we need to, you know, hang a picture on the wall, well, we're probably not really going to have much to do with a wrench at that point, right? We're probably going to need like a hammer and a nail and a level to make sure that the picture gets hung up correctly. All right. So when building your legs, for example, well, we don't have to use the squat. The squat's not the only way to build your legs. A leg press is a really good way to build your legs. But what's the weak point of a leg press? Well, you don't get full extension um, or full flexion of the quadriceps. Um, hack squats a great way to build your legs. What do you get from a hack squat? You do get full extension and a full flexion. But on a leg press, you get extreme, extreme contraction and overloading contraction throughout the middle range of the motion. So you can do nothing but leg press and get huge legs. You really can. Uh, you know, there's a bunch of different um, variations of leg press. There's a bunch of different um, components to leg press that you can kind of manipulate to help you hit target areas, right? So everything's a tool. And when we talk about how long we're on a training split, we're talking about how long can we make these tools work for you? Well, the goal of that, quite frank, should be as long as possible. The goal should be like not just one or two months. It should be seven, eight, nine months that you should be on the same training split. And to some of you who like use a training, dude, I, I never understand. I, I truly, I cringe when I hear this. People want a new split to become motivated. Oh, I've heard that before. Mo they get motivated. bored. They're, they're getting bored. The fuck you bored with? I've never had a training session that was boring. <laughs> Because I'm pushing the absolute fucking yeah. limits. Yeah. Like all gas, no brakes. Like that's the mean fucking gym. I feel like that's more common of a, of a. It's a female thing. Really? It's 100% a female thing. Yeah. Guys rarely complain about that. Okay. So like, how are you bored with looking at your logbook from last week and then looking at it from like what you're about to do and not being so fucking hungry to just crush that? Yeah. Like, there's nothing bored about that. Mm -hmm. There's nothing boring about defeating what you did last week and pushing your body to a new place that it's never been this week. Mm -hmm. So either you're not holding a logbook, which I mean, that's like, like rule number page number one, the, the introduction to the, the how to train manual literally says, Hey, keep a logbook. I mean, so if you're not keeping a logbook, honestly, you're just, you're, True. you're, you're failing yourself miserably. Yeah. And a lot of people are like, no, I remember what I do. Yeah. Okay. That's, you remember what you did last week? I'm fucking, fucking sure hard, you dude. did. Yeah, yeah. No way you do. And, um, but you know, people don't understand. So they keep a very accurate logbook, mm. like what's happening. So if you feel bored by a train split that you're on, you're just not pushing it. Like, quite mm -hmm. frank, you're not going hard. And commonly within this, we see a lack of adherence comes alongside this as well. I wonder if it's somebody's in the gym and they see somebody else who's bigger than them yeah. or, or looks the way they want to look doing yeah. a different movement they haven't done before. Yeah. And they go, I'm not doing that. Maybe I should start yeah, doing that. Yeah, they feel like they need to do that. And that's not yeah. a very good way to approach things. Um, like even me, if you see me in the gym and you view me as someone who knows what I'm talking about when it comes to training, well, if you just start doing what I'm doing, it's not going to work. Like I've, it's taken years and years and years of progression within these movement patterns and of simulating and, and building new muscle tissue to be able to move throughout the training sessions the way I do. But also like my bent over row is different from your bent over row. All right. My chest press is different from your chest press. You're focusing on moving load. I'm focusing on contracting the muscle through extremely heavy loads. And that takes years and years and years and years to fucking come uh, to, to allow that ideology to come to fruition and to become your reality. And you have to move load. You know, you have to, you know, move a shit ton of load and focus on moving a shit ton of load for a long time before you realize, well, fucking, I'm gonna load up 435 pounds of this barbell row and I'm going to only contract my lats or heavily bias my lats when I move this load or, you know, dumbbell chest. So I'm going to take 185s back and I'm going to do nothing but contract my pecs during this fucking set. So it's not like you're just moving load. I'm sure I could bench press 500 pounds right now. What good would that do for bodybuilding? Because mm -hmm. I'm I I don't need to have the biggest numbers ever. It's cool um, that now my numbers are getting really big within contracting the muscle rather than moving the load. Mm -hmm. Like that's dope, and it's cool. Some of the people have like taken notice and reached out. 
But if I go bench press 500 pounds, I don't get better. Mm-hmm. I'm not closer to winning Mr. USA. I'm not closer to, you know, placing top five at the Arnold professional mm-hmm. level. I'm not, I'm not closer to anything. I just bench 500 pounds. Mm-hmm. And now you took so much energy and uh, nervous system stimulation away from what you can do later in the workout. Oh, that, sure. Like, yeah. you, like now you just kind of fucked yourself for the whole day. Right. So like, yeah. what's the point? What's the purpose? Um, so I, I want you guys thinking about that. Try to master contractions you know it's like i said it takes years but try to master contractions along the way of you know alongside moving the load it's going to take you a long time to realize this it's going to take you a long time to figure out how to not contract anything but a bicep while while doing a bicep curl and when you really understand the lengthening and the shortening of muscles and how they work individually but also um in synchronization with one another I think that makes it a lot easier. And that's why I always tell people, hey, go read a physiology book. I mean, how many times have I fucking said that on this podcast? Yeah. How many of you have actually gone to write a physiology book, right? Um, like case in point right there. Yeah. You read a physiology book and it's going to explain to you how muscles move and how muscles work. Mm-hmm. So now every time I unload 400 pounds on a bent over row, I think about that lat muscle and I think about how it attaches on both ends, anterior and posterior of the body. And I think about how it moves when it's under contraction and how it lengthens when it's under um, load. Mm -hmm. I visualize that or I think about that through the whole set Mm -hmm. and then the set's done and fuck you rack the weight and it's like, oh my God, you just crush that shit. Biceps, triceps, medial delt, rear delt, every single one of them. And so, you know, I've said it a million times, go read a fucking physiology book and just go read one. You know, some of the stuff's going to be dense. Some of the stuff's going to be difficult, but you really want to understand training, you know, go read it. Cause I can sit here and tell you anything you can follow, um, you know, people who I really respect on, on Instagram, read all their stuff. You're never going to understand. You're never going to understand until you pick up a fucking physiology book and are able to understand just how muscles move. Um, I think it's very important. I, I, I think that if you're someone who truly wants to achieve a world-class physique, I believe that's very important to do. I really do. So how long do I stay on a training split? Well, let's break it down into segments here. What's your adherence to the split? Every single training day, is that what you're doing? Are you hitting that perfectly? No extras? If, if, if you have room, if you have, if you have energy to do extras after, you know, you finish one of my workouts and you didn't give enough to the actual, tr- to, to the actual exercises that I put down there, um, no way around it. And also it's not always about completely exhausting yourself. It's about assimilation, not annihilation. I learned that the hard way. And if you want to constantly go into the gym and annihilate, 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 you too will learn that in a very, very, very hard manner. Assimilate, force an adaptation, force a response, and get the fuck out and go home. Go to bed, eat your meal, whatever it is. What's the control over lifestyle and environment? Are you perfect with your diet? If no, you're not even you're not even ready to fucking face the training split that you're on right now. How are you controlling stress? Do you let stress overpower you and get to you? How are you controlling sleep? Are you not sleeping very well? Are you getting massage work done? You're getting consistent massage work done. How's your daily structure? Is your day all over the fucking board every fucking day? If these things aren't in line, then you're definitely not ready for a training split outside the one you're on. If you're not setting up your entire environment to progress and improve, and you might be sitting there like, well, Justin, it's literally your job to do that. Like the rest of us have X, Y, Z. No, so this is within the daily structure. Mm-hmm. You know what you have to do every single day. You got to go to work from nine to five, then go to work from nine to five. What do you have to do the rest of the day? Every day, the structure should stay similar. And if it is, and you literally fine tune your circadian rhythm to cater to you and your needs when you go to the gym and train. What's your rate of progression like? Assuming everything above is perfect. What's your rate of progression? Are the lifts are at least 80% of the lifts being beaten every single week? Are you feeling the contractions better every single week? Are you getting more in tune with your body every single week? We don't even need to beat the logbook. We can do a 315 pound bent over row for 10 reps this week, but next week we do it for nine reps. But those nine reps had so much more control and focus within the lats or, you know, the uh, more of an upper back focus, depending on the barbell row you're doing. It could have had so much better focus and simulation and bias within the target muscle that it was so much better. 
That, that's what I went through this week. Yeah. That's the method of progressive overload. This whole week, which we'll check in tomorrow. Yeah. It's the, the progressive overload. The progressive weight has been flat. Yeah. You know, yeah. It, as we've talked about before, it's been X amount of percentage growth yep. every single training session. Yep. And now it's the first time it's been flat. Yeah. And, but you're feeling the exercises better. You're, you feel like you're performing them better. Yeah. And, yeah. and well, you spotted me on the, the flat bench press yeah. today and, yeah. and you, and I felt like the execution was yeah. solid. Yeah. There. It looks really good. It's probably point. the smoothest your bench has ever looked. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So, I mean that right there, like case in point, the number on the actual bar or how many times we moved, it didn't necessarily go up, but we still improved. Mm-hmm. We still improved within that lift. So think about that when you're thinking about how long to be on a training split. A lot longer than you'd like to be, a lot longer than you want to be. But if you're in constant competition with being in the logbook, then you're, you're probably. I mean, I I mean, I, it'll it'll go by so fast, and all of a sudden it's like, oh fuck, I've been doing this for eleven months. Yeah, you know, I've beaten the logbook every week for eleven months. Your physique's gonna look way fucking different. Are there some indicators in which you can go? Okay, now it's time to shift. If you don't, let's yeah, say yeah. you don't coach. Yeah, yeah. So indicators of when it's time to shift is when rate of, rate of progression kind of slows a little bit. Yeah, like so one week of flat like me is not that's a not true an indication. indicator. No. Yeah. Now if we go like if we go like three or four rounds through, and numbers just are not improving, and you're not really feeling the exercises the way that you were then it's time to switch things up a little bit but this is not a complete overhaul okay we don't want to do a complete overhaul we just want to let's what are the exercises that are still working mm-hmm. some of them are still going to be working sure so identify those let's keep those and let's keep pushing on those what are the exercises that are not working there's probably like six or seven exercises total that just aren't really working right now mm-hmm. um, i'm gonna talk about those with john childers today the barbell incline press he was improving very quickly on it and then um you know the the improvement kind of stalled a little bit mm-hmm. and so he asked me what to replace him with we made a game plan and now you know we're hitting the ground uh running with that one so, so it's not common like you you see on instagram where you shift the entire workout no. program yeah i would not do that i would not <laughs> recommend that I, I i would not recommend the influence the instagram influencers workout guide oh my god <laughs> really we should make a book i know we really fucking should uh but there'd probably be one exercise one one uh training routine in that book people would be pissed i need more do this for 14 <laughs> do this for 24 months yeah yeah do this right. for 24 months watch what happens yeah um so how long should you be on a training split until progression completely stalls? Um, or, you know, in, 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 until um, you're just not feeling the training the way that you were, but it's going to be months and months and months, three months, four months. That's too short. It's going to be longer than that. Okay. Let's talk about putting a training program together. Uh, so first and foremost, what's the well, first and foremost, what's your rate of recovery? All right. This depends a lot on intensity. This depends on environmental factors. This uh, depends on PED usage, on genetics, on all those things. I know that for me right now, my current state, that two days on training and one day off is the best approach I can take. Other people who truly train hard, I have noticed more often than not two days on with training, one day off is the approach that they should be taking as well. Um, For people who are truly, truly training really hard, you know, going to the gym three, four straight days is very, very difficult to do. It can be done, but week over week, it's going to be very hard to do, right? So we first need to understand rate of recovery. And now we make a split based on that. What do you like doing? You like doing push-pull legs? You, you think you can train, you know, three days on, one day off. So this is easy. We're going to push, do pull, legs, rest. Then guess what we're going to do? Push, pull, legs, rest again. All right. That's, you can fit everything in there. Yeah, it's an eight-day split. Man, people also freak out over like, they think splits need to be like seven <laughs> it days long. It has to be seven. I'm like, yeah. Y'all are wild. I've noticed that. Wow, man. People freak out over it. Um, I don't I, I don't know. People have like weird control things going it's, on. It, I think it's the visual of that calendar. 100%. It's like Sunday to Saturday. Yeah. Well, it has I, to fit I, within that I, seven I days. And then the next Sunday to Saturday, I have to switch. Yeah. That just doesn't fucking matter. Yeah. Like, fuck, you're on an eight-day split. That means... Uh, Yesterday doesn't week, matter. Yeah. That means, that means every single um, exercise you, or training session you still hit four fucking times in the month yeah like that's i mean it's pretty fucking solid yeah i found that interesting yeah man people really you know lose their lose their minds over that one so push pull legs rest so how i do things is i'm on an eight day split and i have push one pull one legs one rest and then push pull 
legs, number two, for each of us after, and then another rest. Um, or I, I would do it without the three days on, though. <laughs> I would do it like two on, one off. Um, so I have, I have two training sessions for each muscle group or for each uh, training day. Push, pull, legs. There's push, pull, legs one, push, pull, legs two. And I just cycle through those. I alternate through those. So first and foremost, understand how can I recover program the way that you feel you should be training in there. If you're a uh, figure competitor that really needs to blow up your lats, uh, maybe we have some accessory work that we add in on either a leg day or a push day um, to, to really help your lats. I would suggest doing it on a push day because leg days should be so fucking brutal that you can't do anything else. Um, but, you know, so it, it, just, it depends on where you're at on your weak points and all these items. Exercise selection then comes next. All right. Um, well, actually, I kind of want to switch this. Next, I want it to be with the weak areas. What are your weak areas? List them all out. Okay. Within the split, those weak areas, I, I would like to see a weak area hit about three times a week. Now, don't fucking tell me your weak areas are your legs. Your weak areas, not your fucking legs. What is it? Your quad sweep? Is it the teardrop? Is it your calves? Gastroc, soleus. Is it by what the fuck is your weak point of your physique? Maybe you have a very weak side tricep pose, right? Everything just doesn't pop in the side tricep the way you really want it to. An extra day outside of your push days, an extra day on preferably pull day, we can program in, you know, a couple movements that really cater to that side tricep. You need to improve your chest and side tricep. You need to improve your abdominals and side tricep, the tricep and the side tricep. We need to do let's program around it. All right. So identify your weak areas and then, you know, we'll, we'll kind of plug those in wherever we can, you know, keeping the rate of uh, rate of recovery in mind here. Number two, exercise selection. What's the purpose of this exercise? So I want to just absolutely annihilate my hamstrings. Annihilate them. What's probably the most world-renowned hamstring movement that there is? RDLs. All right. Well, maybe we have a you know hip issue or a lower back situation that inhibits us from doing heavy RDLs right now. All right. So this is cool. Can we do high rep RDLs? Don't always have to be heavy. If we can't do high rep RDLs, can we just do line leg curls? I mean, we go through the list of programmable items for whatever body part we're doing. Okay. And also, I, I really want to know something. There's not one exercise that you have to do. You want to grow your legs? You don't have to leg press. You don't have to fucking hack squat. You don't have to leg press, hack squat, or barbell squats. To grow your fucking legs. You can get in the Smith machine, or you can do dumbbell Bulgarians. You can do a belt squat. You can do a pit shark. You can do a machine squat. You can do all this fucking thing. What? It, there has to be a reason behind it, though. But, you know, I can't back squat because I have, you know, lower back thing and my lower back things agitated by the leg press and the hack squat, the path of motion I can do for like six, seven reps, man, anything beyond that, it just hurts. All right. We have a legitimate case here for not doing any of those three, which are kind of the big three of lower body exercises, right? We have a really fucking good, strong uh, um, case against doing any of them. Man, you ever fucking pick up 150 pounds in each hand and done a fucking Bulgarian split squat? That shit's harder than all three of those motherfuckers. That's a fact, dude. <laughs> like, that sounds terrible. Yeah, like that shit's harder than all of them. Yeah. So program fucking Bulgarian split squats, right? So what's the purpose of this exercise? I need big, you know, bigger quadriceps. Then, you know, we're going to have a Bulgarian split squat where the, the stance is going to be much more closed and your knee is going to go over your toe a little bit here at the bottom. All right. That's going to be a quad focused fucking Bulgarian split squat. Really fucking simple. Right. So. Can I get set up in this exercise so that it fits me well? This is massive. Are you able to get set up into a position that's comfortable for you? Look like straight the fuck up. Bench pressing is not super fucking comfortable for me. Not sure kind of how, why I, I, it's not like I'm like the biggest human on the planet, but I do think a lot of it's like this, how much I just overlap on the bench, holding a straight bar. That's not very pliable or flexible on top of me. Something about a, a bench press is not very comfortable for me at all. Mm. So 
I adjust. I still do bench press. Mm -hmm. Well, I actually, I only do closer to bench press, um, but I'll still do it. It's just a hell of a lot lighter than, you know, what it used to be or what it's you know, lighter than it your dumbbell be. effort. It's a lot lighter than the dumbbell effort. Yeah. The dumbbells. I have much more flexibility with how I can move things, how I can get them in position, yeah. how I can manipulate the load, yeah. like all that stuff. Right. So I don't fucking program bench press for myself because it's really, really uncomfortable. So the T-bars, I hate those fucking T-bars. You hate T-bars? Well, the T-bar hog. I love that T-bar. I, oh, I love that. The fa- so I don't like where it sits. Really? Yeah. It's supposed to hurt. It It hurts bad. It does. It does it not feel good. bad, dude. Yeah. It's right on like the, the bottom. It's like on a pelvic bone. Yeah. Right. It hurts really fucking bad. Yeah. Your pelvic bone kind of drives into it. And then I feel like I can't get the full range yeah. of motion that I need. Yeah. Man, your range of motion on those is pretty good. I feel like, I feel like, and it's normal to do so. Um, so we have an old body master T-bar row, which is like widely considered like the best, probably the, probably the best back machine ever. Right. Yeah. And dude, this thing's uncomfortable as fuck. The pad spans like my entire torso. It starts like mid peck and goes mm-hmm. all the way down to like my pelvic bone mm-hmm. where it drives into it. Right. Mm-hmm. So if you drive as hard as you can into that pad, then man, I mean, you have no momentum. You have nothing at all that you can do. Your hips, your glutes, your legs can do whatever they want, but you're so driven into that pad that you only have, you know, upper back or, you know, lat activation, depending on uh, where you're biasing your grip at. Mm -hmm. You like only have that to go, but man, I'll tell you what, I'll rack five plates on that thing and I am fucking hurt. Like I'm badly, badly, badly fucking hurt. And man, yeah, you like, I might need just to drop the load. Yeah, that's probably the best idea. And then just like hold it in a static until you get used to it, like a static contraction at the top for like, like hold each at peak for like a second or something like that. Yeah, that would be that. That would probably be the best route to go here. I didn't know the bench press was uncomfortable for you. Yeah, it's super fucking uncomfortable. Like being in that position with my lower back is just like not fun. Yeah. Like where my glutes are. I know sometimes it's harder for you to like get in contraptions too. Yeah. Most chests, like most pressing contractions, I can't get into. Yeah. Um, it's, it's very difficult. Um, but you know, it's nature of the beast, right? Sure. You want to be fucking huge and you got to <laughs> sure. fucking deal with it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I'm only going to get bigger. Figure it out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You got to fucking figure it out somehow. Um, so can I set up in these exercises so that it fits me and my, and my range of motion, my mobility, um, it fits me well. Are we able to? Um, and then where do I focus my progressions here? So this is a really, really, really interesting point. Um, let me take you through, uh, let me take you through my, uh, my last push day. We started with dumbbell bench press and, or no, I'm sorry. My last push day, we started with uh, barbell incline, barbell incline. And my progression focus there is on moving heavier load for more reps with the same tempo range of motion and control that I have previously done. Right. So we're never going to sacrifice those things. We're never sacrifice range of motion, tempo or control for anything that we're doing in the gym, no matter what the fuck it is, we're not sacrificing any of those things. Okay. Um, so we did the barbell incline press. And then, um, after that, where did we go? After that, we went to pulling up my logbook right now. Um, oh, we did a C, uh, a, uh, we did a, um, plate loaded decline. So plate loaded decline, I'm not really focusing on weight or reps. I'm kind of focusing on how hard I can contract that fucking muscle throughout the entire time under tension within that set. Right. So it's not always about load. All right. It it, it varies. I'm in the decline press and I'm focusing on, you know, I'm taking it to failure. But the entire time I need my pecs contracted so fucking hard under this load so fucking ridiculously hard under this load that it forces adaptation. All right. Then we went to dumbbell flat press. All right. Well, I'm sorry. I went to dumbbell chest fly on the dumbbell chest fly. All right. My focus is how fucking long can I keep the dumbbell under complete control at the peak stretch position? All right. So I'm holding it there for like a second or two, every single rep. And then from that position, how fast and how hard can I get into a complete contraction of the muscle? 
So I'm overloading on the stretched portion of this movement after we had done two presses by now. I'm overloading the stretched portion because obviously a press is going to overload in the uh, contracted position. I'm overloading there and I'm seeing how fast I can get into the, the peak contraction uh, from that position. Those absolutely sucked. Smith machine shoulder press. We into Smith machine shoulder press. And those were just all out brutal sets. That was how much, how long can you be under tension? Essentially set one was for uh, moving the load uh, back to similar to barbell incline curls. And after set one, me and Brandon were absolutely toast. There was nothing. We, we, we can't control heavy loads anymore. Mm -hmm. So now we're going to fucking move. We're going to move that thing. We're going to be how, how long can we keep this thing under fucking tension? Yeah. That's still in control. Still within a good range of motion. And, and, um, um, that's still conducive to what our mm -hmm. goal of the overall movement is. Right. So that's kind of what I'm thinking. What's the progression or what's the focus here of each lift, um, of each exercise that you put in. Okay. Now we go to what exercise do you really feel? We want to make sure that everything we're programming, we fucking feel it. What exercises do you dread? This one's important because commonly like Scott fucking hates that T-bar row, but Scott's probably weak point on his whole physique's upper back. Mm -hmm. So in that interesting, I used to hate the military press. When I hated the military press, I had pathetic fucking shoulders. So I hated right? the squat and the hack squat. Yeah. And now I like yeah. it. And now you like them. Yeah. So once you, you probably hate training that body part or you hate doing that exercise because you fucking suck at it. Right. We all have those, but if you suck at it, it means you're, it means you have a lot of room for improvement at that. And if you improve in these exercises then you're probably going to improve in your physique, right? This is probably my, my, my favorite one. The last two are probably two of my favorite ones here. Number one, what is the risk versus reward? You're not going to see a ton of my advanced clients doing deadlifts or rack pulls. Why? Well, neither of them put the put any muscle into a complete stretch or a complete contraction at any part of the movement. None of them do. So we're just moving fucking load, expending fucking energy, forcing our nervous system to be fucked up. And we don't even get a loaded, a complete loaded stretch or contraction out of this movement. How is that really good for bodybuilding, right? Now, I know that I always say, what are the biggest guys? What are the best fucking physiques in the world doing? A lot of them are doing rack pulls. Notice how they're doing their rack pulls. See, I still don't prefer them, but they're doing it with elbows kind of kilts up, if you will. Hands out a little bit wider, just trying to keep that lat in a completely contracted position. But the lat is never going to be completely contracted in that position whatsoever. Right. They use it as a means of overload. Obviously, it works for them. I that, that, that's one place that I disagree with a lot of people on. Mm. Um, but also, if you ask them why they're doing the rack pull, they really might just say, well, because I feel it there. And honestly, that's a really fucking good reason to do an exercise. Well, if you just fucking feel it, then fucking do it. Mm. But you can't tell me that a majority of us are doing dead deadlifts. And you're like, yeah, you know what, man? I really feel this in my in my lats. Man, I really sure. feel this in my upper back. I really yeah. feel this. You know, you, I mean, you're kind of feeling it everywhere, but nothing's under a complete load, uh, loaded stretch or contraction. And that's kind of what bodybuilding is about. Bodybuilding is about stretching the fiber, contracting the fiber, and causing damage to the fiber for it to, and, and, and providing overloading stimulus to your nervous system for that fiber to be rebuilt back up over time into a stronger and bigger fiber. That's the essence of bodybuilding. That's how fucking easy this goddamn sport is. Mm -hmm. Honestly, that's how easy training is. Mm -hmm. You want me to simplify this whole fucking podcast? That's it right there. How can I load through a stretch, through a contraction, tear the muscle fiber and force an overloading stimulus? Bam, you fucking got it. That's the secret. That's muscular hypertrophy, literally 101 right there. And the last note I want to make on this one, where do you use tempo versus intensifiers? Dude, honestly, I save shit like this for the end of the workout. You go into, you know, now, if we're talking squats, using tempo on squats is great. More time under tension when your spine is loaded. It's going to be brutal. It also is going to keep the load a little bit lighter than what you probably could do for a working set without tempo, which is going to mean less tax, less taxing on your spine, on the spine loaded movement which means more output you might be able to give on later in a training session, but for the same stimulus that you applied. Okay. Tempo versus intensifiers. We're going to use them. Not every exercise should have tempo. 
Not every, not, not every exercise should have extreme tempo. Every exercise needs to have controlled tempo. One second down, no break at the bottom, you know, one second up, explode up, something like that. Like have a controlled tempo. But where are we going to use a three second down, one second pause, one second up? We need to use this later on. We're all, when we're already a little bit taxed, when the super fucking heavy loads are too much for us to be able to push through and handle right now. That's where we want to use this. Where do we want to use intense fires? Probably not at the beginning of a training session, even though there are places where, um, um, oh, what, 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 what am I looking for? Where you start off and you, you pre-exhaust, where you pre-exhaust the muscle. 99.9% of people doing pre-exhaust bullshit don't need to fucking do it. You need to focus on adding weight to the bar. I say that, and now all of my push days, I'm actually starting after talking with Matt about it during my last check, and I'm actually starting with some pre-exhaust stuff in all my fucking training and all my push days because my chest is fucking dainty and pathetic and <laughs> awful. So we're starting with some pre-exhaust shit to fucking make it better. Right? Itty bitty titty community. Itty bitty titty that? community. That's right? me. That's I mean, TC. Right? Yeah, yeah, that's basically fucking me. So where do you use tempo and intensifier? Save them for the end of the training session when you're just trying to really torch that muscle add the cherry on top um, but you we don't need those um, I just went seven months training seven and a half months training without using any variance in tempo or intensifiers and it's been the best seven and a half months progress I've had we just recently added them back in I remember back it, I think this was either when you just started with Matt or before Matt yeah back at Man, this has been probably before the Ohio. Yeah. Last year. Yeah. Uh, when we start, we were doing intensifiers. We yeah. Had some videos on intensifiers. Yeah. And then I noticed you started to take them out. Yeah. And then put yeah. It, now you're putting them back Matt in. Matt and I started talking about some training stuff. And, you know, he was right. I needed to focus on adding load to the bar. Yeah. But now, you know, the bar's gotten so fucking heavy. Yeah. That's like, all right, you know what? It's time to bring them back in a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, see how they go for us. And, yeah. and I mean, so far, so good. So it's it's cool to see the progression of there's a time and place for time and every place. technique. Yeah. Time and a place for everything. If the phase you're in, you just need to fucking add load to the bar. You need to get a hell of a lot stronger, which most people need to do. Then let's do straight sets. Yeah. We don't need to use fucking intense fires. We don't need to be drop set. And when you can't even fucking bench your body weight, mm-hmm. like truly, um, we don't need to be fucking drop set setting. If you can't fucking squat two times your body weight, we truly don't. We need to focus on how heavy of a load can I move in the eight to 15 rep range mm-hmm. or maybe the 15 to 20 rep range. If we're talking lower body stuff, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, there's some upper body places you can do 15 to 20 be really beneficial as well. So we'll say like the eight to 20 rep range, right? Yeah. How fucking heavy loads can I move in 8 to 12 and 13 to 16 and 17 to 20 rep ranges? How fucking heavy can I go in all of these? Practice all those. Get really fucking strong at all of them. And then you're probably ready to add in something like one intense fire back in. So I talk about adding intense fires back in. We have one per training session. Mm-hmm. That's it. We have either one drop set or one super set or one rest pulse per training session. That's all. It's not like we're fucking doing it all the goddamn time. Yeah. And um, so on push days, it happens at the first part of the workout and on leg and pull days, it happens at the end of the workout before we do our last thing. So the second to last exercise, I want to talk about stability in your exercises, dude. Holy fuck. There's nothing worse than watching a fucking training video that a client sends that was posted on Instagram. where like, they're looking around while performing the lift or <laughs> their entire body's moving on a fucking chest press <laughs> or like they're wiggling while they're leg pressing. Like, yeah. dude, do you want to know why your shoulders hurt? Why your neck hurts? Why your lower back hurts? Why you fucking constantly have strained muscles or issues? It's because you're fucking doing that shit, dude. Lock in. Get fucking stable. Do not move anything outside of the levers that are controlling and handling the load. Move nothing outside of them. If you're doing a bent over row, the only thing that moves is your arms when your elbows drive the load back. When you are in a leg press, the only thing that moves are your legs when you're practicing extension and flexion of the knees. Nothing else moves. Your head doesn't move. Your fucking eyes don't move. Your fucking neck doesn't move. Your shoulders don't move. Nothing 
I mean, I cannot get this across yeah. clear enough. Yeah. Holy balls. We're doing lateral races where you're humping the fucking air every single goddamn set. And you're at, you wonder why your fucking delts don't grow. Or, or how about the guys who do like extremely heavy deadlifts and oh then they're God. twisting their head and around. Everything's moving and yeah. it's a lopsided fucking your lift. spine is going to hate you. Yeah. If you have a load in your hands, nothing moves. Stability. Record yourself doing an exercise. Honestly, the team Haley coaches post so goddamn much. You can find one of us doing that same exercise, either on our personal pages or on the team page. Does yours look like ours? Mm -hmm. If no, change it. If yes, dude, congratulations. Now overload from that position. Yeah. Dude, I mean, I stop fucking moving around while you're doing while you're training. That is the most cringeworthy fucking thing I've. I, I honestly, that's the most cringeworthy thing to me in the gym. What I noticed though, if, take, if you back up a little bit into the like the less cringy part, yeah, into the part where the form hinders, a yeah, little bit, yeah, is it's our the um, lat focused barbell rows yep. we've been doing, and yeah. you were teach you were showing me watch the hips, yeah, and it seems to me that getting around the three fifteen and up range, uh, in weight that that becomes almost too heavy yeah. where I can't fully focus the load and I start to use hip. Yeah. So that's my key to go. Okay. I got to pull it back until I can take away that hip. Yeah. But the beauty about the barbell row is it might not be your lats that can't handle it. It might be your hamstrings and hips that can't handle Mm. it. That's why they're shooting forward every single rep because they're not able to stabilize. Right. Yeah. And so the, you know, the beauty of a barbell row, man, if you can barbell row a fuck ton of weight, you're strong as fuck. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's the most impressive lift in the gym to me. Okay. How much can you fucking row? Yeah. You can row 400 fucking pounds. You're an animal. Mm -hmm. That's fucking impressive. Mm -hmm. Right. But a barbell row, they, I mean, I mean, these are the most fucked up ones. Um, I, I mean, I don't know. Lateral races are really up there. RDLs are really up there. But barbell rows, the entire time you should feel like you are in an RDL. You should feel like your hamstrings and glutes are in a loaded stretch because they literally are. And then from that position, you just simply drive your elbows through your torso. Nothing moves. When I get really heavy on barbell rows, I focus on sticking my butt out every single rep so that it doesn't move. You feel that stretch and you stop. Yeah. And you like you lock yeah. it there. Well, so so when I actually start the actual rowing, because of course, even I have a propensity to want to push those hips forward. It's 435 pounds, you know, pulling me to the ground, right? Yeah. And front loaded. And 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 so I start my pull and the first thing I do is I think about push your glutes back even further, push Mm -hmm. your glutes back even further. And then you see in the videos that they never once moved Yeah, because I just had that cue kind of in my head, like keep Mm -hmm. them loaded, keep them loaded, keep them loaded. Maybe that's, that's more so I think about, I think keep them loaded. I don't want people to be like, you know, doing the whole push them back further and then kind of. Sure. Yeah, and mess it up. Work. Just keep them loaded. <laughs> Don't yeah. lock it in, but move back more. Yeah. Yeah. yeah but just keep them loaded throughout I, I just, and you're going to do well. I just noticed that one, once it got heavier and the rest, other positions started moving, like and not, you know, locking into place and staying yeah. stable. That was my cue of going, okay, I've gone too heavy. Yep. Let me go back. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And you just work back and you just, again, you know, it's, it's the same fucking thing from there. Add more reps, add more control, add more, you know, what the fuck ever it might be. Cause you guys, you know, moving heavy loads is earned. All right. You don't just decide when you fucking row 400 pounds. Like you have mm-hmm. to earn that shit. You have to work up to it. You have to chip away. You have to keep <laughs> chipping away. You have to keep fucking chipping away. And then one day you get 400 pounds. The guys who fucking Jesus fuck Christ. fucking heave it. This fucking, this fucking <laughs> idiot ass dude in the gym. I don't even remember when it was. I don't even remember who the fuck he was. He like, yeah, he was like trying to impress me really hard. And he was telling me how he like rode five plates or some shit. And I was like, show me. It's like, I rode four plates yeah. and I look like, like, I mean, you're smaller than my breakfast. <laughs> and so, you know, conveniently, he couldn't find the video there you go. of the five plate there row. You go. But he's like, oh, you know, I found this one of four plates, which yeah. I just said that I hit. Yeah. And I, I know he follows me. He follows me on Instagram. So I'm sure he saw it. And, uh, you know, dude, remember, it was a guy who just he couldn't talk yeah. about anything but himself. Yeah. yeah. Jeez, fun, Christ. And um, so he shows me this video and it's the worst fucking thing I've ever <laughs> seen in my life. And I told him, I was like, dude, that's pretty fucking bad. I back down the weight a little bit. Like, I mean, he should be doing 225, yeah, like yeah. straight up. Yeah, he's going to hurt himself. Yeah, dude. He's actually DM me a few times since then just talking about himself. 
in my DMs. It's fucking wild. Or how about how about the guy? We don't have to hang on onto this too long. <laughs> I just love, dude. We should have a we should have an episode about poor training we technique should, and like just shitting, just shitting oh on people. My God, man! If we had an episode who, where I where I unloaded <laughs> on people, man, people would love it. But some people would be really pissed off at me. <laughs> the, uh, it's I just I come back and think of the person who turns a. Uh, a cable lat pull down yeah. into a fucking oh, a laying down yeah. row. Oh yeah. That's where they're leaned back and shit. That shit, dude, yeah. some of the people who do it. So, you know, like, like there's a place where you can manipulate like lat pull down to be like a high row. Okay. Right. Or like a, an upper back row. But dude, these people are never intending they're, for it they're to be that. They're 90 degrees. They're never <laughs> intending for it to be that. And like, oh, you God. just, like you just tell them and, like, man, this is not what they're going yeah. for. I don't mean to be like poking fun at them because the worst part yeah. is you're going to hurt yourself i think people understand where we're coming from yeah. we're here for the betterment of others but everyone sees weird things that's happening fact. in the gym that's fact. um but you know we see we don't make fun of anyone yeah what what makes us make fun of someone is when you start hitting on our girls or when you start trying <laughs> to take pictures dude there was this dude at the gym oh, uh, oh dude i didn't tell you about this i didn't tell you about the most recent situation with him same guy yes yeah, after guy. the conversation yeah. the first conversation oh okay. yeah so there's a dude in the gym so it's, it's not really a situation it's more of an aha yeah um this dude's at the gym and i had noticed him kind of creeping around the girls a little bit before you know he's, he's mid 40s he's mid 40s yeah mid 40s yeah. uh you know dude in the fucking gym and he is in there same time as us every day and he, he he's weird you can tell that he's, he's little, strange he's a little off yeah um but you know i mean he knows people there he has friends at the gym yep, yep. so it's not like he's like out of place or anything and he's yeah. training and like yep. he looks good and fit yep um and you know he, he does think but but you know, he had made a comment to Hannah one day. And then another day he made a comment to Savannah. And, and, and that comment is like the comment was I like, like your skin. I like your skin and your hair. What? And like your nails. And like while you know she's just like training in a sports bra and yeah. he's like standing really close to her and yeah, stuff. Yeah, so, you yeah. know, she felt a little bothered by his sure. energy. Okay. And then, you know, he made a comment to Savannah. She felt very bothered by his energy. Sure. And I've seen this guy kind of lingering around. So, so. We all go into the posing room at Hog. We're going to watch Brandon pose. I'd never seen this guy in there before. And this guy comes in and he is trying to be so sly with taking pictures of the girls. He's like stretching. And or something, he's right? like, yeah. it was act, he's like sitting against the wall with his feet out, like acting yeah. like, yeah, like he's stretching his shit. It's so sure. clear what he's doing. Sure. All right. So I was confirming this. I was then reconfirming this because, man, if I confront this dude and he wasn't doing it, I look mm. like a fucking douche. Yeah. And I really want to stay within my boundaries, too. Right. Sure. I don't want to like, you it's, know, it's not, you have to respect the gym. It's, yeah, it's not my fucking gym. Yeah. I want to respect the gym and yeah. the owners and Mark, you know, who allows us to, you know, kind of thrive and make that our domain. Yep. Um, so I have complete confirmation at this point that he's taking pictures of the girls. So I waited for him to leave the room because I didn't really want to alarm the women at the time before I had a conversation with him because who knows what fuck Megan's going to say. Sure. Jesus Christ. She, I mean, she, she might be just fucking ass. <laughs> <laughs> and so I, I hunt him down on his way up and right away he showed me his guilt. And so I woke up like, Hey man. And, and he jumped out of his fucking shoes. He's oh me. Did, did I forget something in there? Like, did I? and I was like, no, 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 I mean, you know, I, 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 I think you're taking pictures of my girls and I really don't appreciate that. Yeah. And he's like, Oh, <laughs> Oh, no, no, no. Oh, no. If you saw what was on my phone, I, you would know I wouldn't have to take pictures of anybody. That's what he said. And I'm, oh, yeah, that's what he told me. And I'm like, I'm looking at him like, Who says I that? mean, honestly, like my girls are way hotter Who than anything that? you've ever seen in real life screen, anywhere in the world. Screenshot Pornhub. What the fuck? Like, is that what you're doing? And he like acts like whatever's on his phone. is. So, and I'm like, sure, I, I'm like, yeah. yeah, you have nothing that's this caliber even okay. close to you. Nothing that caliber has even ever had a conversation with sure. you. Right? Um, so, you know, I said, yeah, you know what, man? Um, I hear you out. Uh, oh, and at one point he was like, I'll even show you my phone. And uh, like pulled it back because mm. I. So I was going to take all right, so show me weird. your fucking phone, so then, it's, bitch. It's weird. <laughs> yeah. So he <laughs> okay. pulled it back. And he just got like everything yeah, sure. was a stutter and sure. he couldn't look me in the eyes. And he, sure. so he's just kind of showing me his guilt, right? He got caught. Yeah. And so I like let him like finish his fucking the dick in his mouth that he couldn't <laughs> fucking get out. And like the cat got his fucking tongue, dude. Yeah. And I say, look, I probably shouldn't tell the podcast this, but it's in too deep at this point. <laughs> We're in the story. I'm waiting for the next part that I haven't heard. So I say, so I say, oh, dude, you're gonna be pissed. <laughs> so I say, all right, look, man, the first time 
It's just a verbal warning, right? I'm going to let you get away. The second time, you aren't even going to fucking hear me coming, but you're going to fucking feel it, right? You oh understand? Oh, my God. And I shook his fucking hand. I made him shake my hand. I grabbed his fucking hand. Yeah, I saw you stick your hand out right there and wait for it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, and you know, I, I, I shook his hand, and he's like, all right, yeah, all right. Yep, you know what yep, it really yep. like walked away. Okay. So, um, so last week, time. John shoots me a message. Yep. Uh, John's, you know, like the lead trainer at house of games. Yeah. He's like, you're not going to believe who came in with his wife and his kid. And I was like, wait, who? And he's like, the dude who was taking pictures of your girls. And I was like, oh my God, the audacity. Wow. The audacity for him to take them in there after <laughs> he and I had that interaction not long ago. Dude, I haven't seen oh. him since then. Um, Maybe he's he changed definitely his changed his workout time, but he's been in a few times since then. Sure. Yeah. Dude, and he man, he stays then. away. He stays away God, from dude. us now, dude. Moral yeah. of the story is don't be a dick bag. Just <laughs> have good training technique and don't be a dick. Yeah. Bag. Don't be a dick. Bag. <laughs> don't fucking go in the gym. and Oh, oh, he made the comment. He made a comment. We we're talking. He's like, well, you know, I mean, I'm not going to lie. Like, you know, I look, I mean, they're not wearing anything. He did say, I heard he that. Did say that. He, he, said, he said, they're not wearing anything. And I was like, I mean, they are the right for that, but that that doesn't mean you can just fucking stare at them all the time. Christ, <laughs> anyways, anyways. Oh man, the podcast now knows I want to kill this guy. So sure, these are funny stories, though. <laughs> I love them. Yeah. I have a lot more where that fucking came from. <laughs> we won't tell about the time I got kicked out of Lifetime Fitness with an assault charge. Oh shit! Yeah, <laughs> or the guy on the uh, what was it? The fire hydrant? Oh, the guy on the fire hydrant. No, I threw him, I threw him over the fucking uh, trash cans. Trash cans. That's, that's what a was. good story. That's what it was. That's a really good story, trash actually. Cans, yeah. Hey, all right. Super quick story. Here we go. Super quick story. Uh, I was downtown Austin out front of the library. I'm going to make this super fast. I was taking Peyton on a walk. I was just fucking, you know, going through my thing. And, uh, you know, I have my headphones in and all this stuff. And I look, you know, up and outside the library, there's like, um, there's like a, gr- a group that looks like they just got off the school bus of teachers, young children that look absolutely mortified yeah. by what they're seeing. <laughs> you know, I got my headphones in, like I'm fucking tapped out and there's probably like 40, 50 people over yeah, there. It's almost um, like a school went to the library yeah, that day. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, so I like look at what, the, whatever they're mortified about. And there's <laughs> this homeless guy that's just peeing in the middle of the road. But like, but like, like, facing them and like haunting them like swinging his dick (laughs) right so i'm i'm like oh absolutely not on my watch yeah absolutely fucking not on my watch like i should be a superhero for this shit so i literally walked up to this fucking dude who was like not part of that group but who was seeing this go down who was pissed off and i was like hold my dog and he like held my dog and i threw my fucking headphones down and peyton's going nuts yeah and like this other guy i get the story like this was fucking happening from this other guy and he's and i was like dude i'm fucking going in and he's like, oh, dude, I got fucking six. I was in the Marines. And I'm like, fuck, yeah, brother. <laughs> so I walk up to this guy. I say, like, hey, fuck no, dude. Fuck no. Fucking put it away, dude. Yeah, I'm yeah, like, yeah. yelling at him all this shit. I get right. I, I get like decently close to him. And it was, I, it was obvious. He was like fucked up. Right? Oh, he, he was like he drunk was out of his something. mind. He was out. Of, he was just out of his mind. Yeah. I, I'm not sure if he was actually fucked up at the time or if he's stuck in like or that state of paranoia. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So I'm trying to like get this dude away from the fucking teacher and kids. I didn't touch him. I didn't yeah. touch him. Me, me and this other dude never fucking touched him. Right. Yeah. But then we got, you know, we had backed him up a little bit off the street. He was on the sidewalk and this dude shoves me. And I was like, Oh, have you ever <laughs> gone over a trash can before? There's a trash can right behind him. And, no, let's, just, let's preface. This is not yeah. a regular trash can. This, this is, is a, this is a metal cement trash can cemented into the ground for the public. Yeah. So that, it's not moving. Yeah. It's not, it's not going anywhere. Yeah. And so, all right, I picked him up and I threw him over the fucking trash can <laughs> and he like fell on the other side, like on his fucking neck. Right. I mean, there's 50 fucking spectators watching what's happening. I'm super fucking clear. Yep. And I like, this dude was mouth and all this dude was like saying shit. This dude was like swinging his fucking dick at a whole bunch of women, teachers and children yeah. who are scarred in front of a library, in front of a fucking library, pissing in the middle of my fucking beautiful city that yeah. I love so much. Yeah. And like, you're the fucking scum that makes this place that brings this place down. Yep. So I threw his ass over that trash can and like the Marine dude was like, ready to fucking go. Oh man, he was fucking, you know, he's fucking yeah, rolling. Yeah. And, um, so, you know, that's, that's all I fucking did. Then he like stood, you know, stayed down there. He's pretty fucking injured. And, you know, about 20, 30 seconds later, cops came up and, um, you know, they called an ambulance in and, 
you know, the dude started pulling like, the race card and all this stuff. Sure. You know, he was African American, man. Sure. And he started like, pulling the race card, and he, but you couldn't understand a word he was saying other than like, you fucking white, you fucking white, and like all this shit. Yeah. And he's like doing the thing. This shouldn't make and, sense. Yeah. Oh, no, you know, no. Remember, the cops knew who this guy was. No, he that's, has that's a home right. address. Me. Right. I don't know if he has a house, but he has a home address. Yeah. So he's they've probably, been aware of this guy before. Yeah. Yeah. They've known this guy. Yeah. Might be some, you know, housing. He's that's a regular by the government. The, yeah. yeah, in the prison. And so the cops, you know, talked to everyone like, what the fuck was going on and stuff like that. And, you know, they both um, thanked me for taking care of sure. the fucking garbage. Um, and, <laughs> Literally. But you know what's fucked up? Like, this guy was probably just trying to, like, he was probably, well, they, they said he he's tried to go to jail many times by, like, inciting things like this. Oh. And they just drive him to his fucking house. <laughs> and they drop him off at his home address. Because jail's better than home? Yeah, because jail's dude, better than Dude, fuck that. Yeah, and that fucked up, wow. dude. And that fucked up. See, so, yeah, that's fun if, story to end the pod. <laughs> yeah, if anyone wants to make a fucking superhero uh, um, comic of me, I'd dude, be could you imagine? Up, what, no. What's that fucking uh, old book? Underpants man? No, Underpants man? Captain Underpants. You <laughs> Captain Underpants. Underpants? Yeah. Could you imagine? Captain Underpants, dude. That's me. Captain Underpants. You and your Let's go. you and your competition speedo yeah. with a cape. Yeah. Throwing the dude over the trash. My Mr. Ohio trophy is my my saber. I think it's yep. fucking huge. Yeah. Dude. It's it fucking work. massive. It would work. Yeah. So I hope you guys enjoy the uh eighty uh the eighty ninth episode yep. with some yep. great storytelling here at the end. Um man, someone might be triggered by that, but that's okay. That's all yeah. right. Eh, they made it this far. So for episode 89 grow and i podcast your favorite podcast we will see you next time